Um, yeah, so uh, let's see how to start. So when I thought about what I would talk about, meta just came to mind, sort of meta and kindness, and in a way the overall context of the Bodhisattva ideal. And 10 minutes isn't very long, but I kept thinking more and more things I could sort of say really, because everything I was thinking about seemed to come back to meta in one way or another. Uh, when I was ordained, the name I was given was means, uh, Dayanandi means delighting in kindness and compassion. So that had a very big effect on me, but even before then, um, well, when I first came along to the Dharma, I was 25, it's 35 years ago now, and I didn't know the difference between feelings, emotions and thoughts, really. I was completely, you know, um, unaware of myself. I found the metabata very, very difficult. I couldn't sort of work out where to send the meta to, and I thought it was almost like I didn't have an awareness of myself at all. And I remember a few gradually that improved and then a couple of years later deciding I was really going to focus on metta and I did the metta practice every day because um, I found that whenever I did do it even though I found it very it's sort of excruciating and difficult it really changed me and sort of people started talking to me in the street things like that I thought oh well something's happening <laughs> and um, yeah it's beginning to it's, it's almost like I was having to unfreeze something that was a bit frozen from my just my conditioning my background I was very very shy and introverted and sort of blocked emotionally actually uh, so doing it every day really helped and on the way to work and back I used to I was working in a right livelihood business then uh, sit on the bus with my eyes closed just trying to work out what I felt because I just didn't know what I felt so I had no raw material somehow and we had to report in as well. We got there, we'd have to report in first thing, and I never knew what to say. So I would be sit there until something bubbled up, and it, um, and that, that gradually helped me to sort of feel like there was something in there that was sort of flowing. And, um, and doing it every day, I did, I did feel more and more of a sense of transformation. And then one day on a retreat, I remember a Metabhavna practice where we weren't really taught how to do it actually. But on that particular retreat, somebody said it really helps to begin with how you feel, how you are yourself, which nobody had actually said before. <laughs> and I had this very, a metabolic practice where it was felt a sense of um, like uh, my heart was on flame, in flames and just passionate with, with love and kindness. And I completely didn't recognize myself. And on the way home, I realized I just had to change my life because I, there was such a discrepancy between that heart experience and me and the, the way I lived my life and my, sort of my identity really, myself, you. The two, it was like a complete mishmash. And then I, that's when I decided to you know, sort of throw myself more into the movement and became a mitra and worked in right livelihood. And not long after that, I was on a seminar with Bante and in the seminar, what really struck me or something he said, he said, when you see somebody or something with metta, you see objectively. You, you see the, the truth, really. And I, even though I'd had a very limited sort of experience of metta, I knew that was true. And that, in a way, that's been something that's been a deepening, more and more deepening practice for me as time has gone on. So that when, I, when, you, see object, when you see with metta, you see, with well, the eyes of metta, I think he said, you see objectively. And so in a way, so when you, you don't see with metta, you're not being objective. And that's something I was reflecting on a bit this morning. I was saying to Kate, we did our little exercise together. But uh, I was thinking, well, metta is a wise emotion and it's also a path to wisdom. And the reason, let's see if I can, I wrote it down. Um, 
yeah, it's a, meta is a path to the truth because it clears away self-centeredness. You can't really, have, I think you can't have meta and self-centeredness at the same time, not real meta. It's not a sentimental emotion and it's not self-referential. It's a, it's somehow it's a resonance with life and the preciousness of the life force in the universe. That's how I feel about it. Uh, so it clears away self-centeredness and self-concern and self-consciousness. Um, so even when you when you really really shine self-conscious in a way, that's an aspect of ego, isn't it? Even though it's a shame to be like that, it's an aspect of ego. But I found that Meta stood above that, even though was, you know it didn't transform myself straight away. But Meta opened something up. So I think self-centeredness and self-concern and fixed self. Well, it's ignorance and it's it's a sort of blinkered, narrow view of the world, based in one's own experience to you know, really not being able to see other people's experience or that there is experience beyond one's own perspective. So wisdom really comes through opening that up, and I think metta really opens that up. It opens up, opens one up ourselves up beyond ourselves and our limited experience. So I, it it feels like. Uh, it's, it feels for me very, in a way that's very straightforward and it's down to earth and I've got complete faith in that. So it feels like I come back to that time and time and again. And if I'm feeling, uh, well, I've got quite a lot of difficult conditioning in some ways to work with and I can sometimes feel a bit sad or a bit low. I still come across like self-dislike um, or, um, you know, quite harsh self-voices, self-criticism as well. Um, but uh, I feel as though meta does does uh, well? It, it sort of softens the experience. Obviously, there's a kindness there, but it also rises me above the experience. I think and and just changes it because yeah. Sometimes I'll sit in meditation. If I'm feeling that way, I'll just bring to mind other people. Uh, perhaps there are people there, or perhaps there are not. But I'll sort of bring to mind to somebody's face, somebody else's face, and I think well, other people exist just like I do. Um, and that just that thought is somehow enough to take me out of myself and I feel bigger and then, I don't know, the perspective comes back really. It's, sort of, it's, a, it's a more positive perspective immediately. So I don't sort of feel, I don't, I don't sort of relate to Meta as this sort of gushing positive love thing, although I guess in a sense it is, it is there too, like that, but I see it much more as a, a resonance with, with, with um, life and appreciation and uh, a valuing. And uh, I, perhaps a bit individualistic, uh, my practice of metta, my practice of the fifth stage of metta is very much more temporal as well rather than spatial. And so it's to do with, uh, for me, I, I, rather than sort of, an, in a sense you could say the fifth stage, you're vowing really to send your metta everywhere in every direction. But I tend to think of it as trying to be present with metta, with every person I meet or with every, with every being I meet ongoingly forever. That's that's the thing to do, and it feels like it's a doable thing for me. To if I, you know, when I remember, of course, uh, to try and do that, to try and sort of at least uh, acknowledge somebody's presence and sort of look at them in the eye. And uh, I feel as though when that's done to me, I, f I feel human again. Mm -hmm. There's such something so important about being human. The, the quality of humanity, real humanity, feels to me a very transcendent quality, and uh, um, it, it's to do with. Uh, yeah, something very, very big. Very, very big. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I was, uh, what I wrote this morning, so I thought, what, 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 do I, yeah, what do I mean by meta? And I put, it's an awareness of 
um, individual manifestations of the life force of the universe. I feel as though, in a way, um, there is just a flow of life that's constantly emerging in infinitely in every direction, ongoingly. It feels like, and it's so precious and unique and valuable. Um, so it's in a way easily damaged, it's very impermanent. There's a lot of beauty and glory there, I wrote, because it's glorious. So just, I think, just to be aware of that presence of life flowing through the universe, to me, feels like that's meta, and it's, and how can you not respond if you have that awareness, but, but with, with um, at least a wish to not harm and to sort of maybe protect and encourage. Uh, and that's how I see, that's how I see meta very much. Yeah, so there's this sort of infinite quality to it, um, infinitely expanding. Well, life is infinite. I sort of put life is infinite, infinitely expanding. It's got no beginning and no end. But self-reference is contracted to me, and it's blind, and it's caught up in the three poisons. And it's not horrible often, is it? In a way, it's sort of natural, isn't it? But at the same time, it's, it's a blinkered approach as opposed to this broader approach. And at the same time, we are part of that life. So it's not as though it's not abdicating self. So metal doesn't um, abnegate the sense of self. It doesn't sort of say that self is wrong. We're just part of life. We're just part of something bigger. And um, yeah, metal begins with a holding of self, self-awareness. Uh, yes, with an objective. Mm. Yeah, I suppose being able to just be with. Uh, our imperfections and our frailties. So the other aspect, I asked myself what my cutting edge was uh, in, in meta, and I suppose it is, it is often in self-meta, it comes back to self-meta. And there was two areas to that. I think there's, yeah, turning towards myself with meta, myself maybe as a child in my, some of my difficult parts of my conditioning. Sometimes I imagine myself sitting next to myself as a child and just befriending that child or talking to her or drawing her out. And to me, that's, a, that's an aspect of metta, um, which allows me to um, understand my conditioning a bit more uh, and sort of face it, I suppose, in a way. So, it, so you need a sort of courage with metta, don't you, to face your conditioning. Um, and then I think having, when that sort of, there is some sort of sense of that courage stabilizing um, then uh, there's a sort of an acceptance, I think, that goes with that, and an acknowledgement of this is how it actually was, and that's how it, this is how now, how it actually is. A sense of just being with myself more as I actually am, without trying to look at myself a bit better or differently, or as I'd like to be. But it's quite—it's quite an ordinary sort of thing, really, just trying to be with experience as it actually is. So it drops down for a sort of from a kindness level to a sort of acceptance level, um, where it's just trying to be ongoingly with what's present in my experience as it is, with with kindness, I guess. Hmm. Because I thought otherwise, without that kindness, can be a sort of false idealism. There can be a we have a false sense of I suppose it becomes do gooding, and which I've done a lot of that and can do that as well. Um, but it's more like a, uh, um, being able to sort of um, be of benefit at the same time as realizing your own frailty and imperfection is, is the thing. That I'm trying to do that more, I think, and, 
So that, that, let's go, that, that, that sort of takes the sort of pride element in a way out of practicing metta in an uh, altruistic sort of way. I suppose it's really important that we see ourselves clearly, isn't it? So that's the process. That's me cutting edge. Yeah. That's it. Thanks very much. Thank you.